This is Diana Duwop, and you are listening to the Elijah Bailey Podcast. The Elijah Bailey Show is sponsored by Blacken Studios, Oklahoma's premier podcasting company, providing the finest and highest quality of audio on demand. To join Blacken Studios, simply follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat at Blacken Studios. To become a part of the Blacken family, simply email them at podcast at blackenstudios.com. Also visit their website at www.blackenstudios.com. Remember, it's Blacken. The Elijah Bailey Show is also sponsored by Bailey Lifestyle and Fitness. If you're trying to get in shape, why don't you come on down to 2201 West Edmond Road? Yes, that's the same exact address as Bailey Martial Arts Institute. They are one and the same. Bailey Lifestyle and Fitness Boot Camps are held Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings, 515 to 630 a.m. All you have to do is simply call 405-990-5958 and you will speak directly to Mr. Elijah Bailey so you can join Bailey Lifestyle and Fitness. Three, two, one. And welcome back, everybody, to Oklahoma's favorite podcast. This is Elijah 5000 Bailey. And today I am by myself. It has been one hell of a week, one very hectic week. And Richard couldn't be here today. He's actually at work. We've been rearranging our schedule so we could meet up to do this podcast, and everything has just been fucking against us today. I almost didn't make it here, and you'll hear about that when I go into one of your favorite segments of all time, Shut of a Bitch of the Week. That being said, I have a very down-to-earth, phenomenal show for you guys today. I'm going to give you some of my best picks for shows, anime, and more. Uh, with that being said, the Elijah Bailey Show starts right now. just love the music when the music comes on and we go away and then we come right back ah, it's the highlight of my day how's it going folks it's elijah 5000 back at you yet again i told you richard wasn't here and it's sad but the show must go on no guest today just little old elijah here by himself now let's start things out right with a segment you guys haven't heard in a while because of all of our amazing guests and the amazing topics and things that we've been covering it's time to go into Son of a Bitch of the Week. Yeah, well, somebody better give him a call and place that son of a bitch under arrest. All right, so Son of a Bitch of the Week happened about five minutes ago, maybe a little bit less than five minutes ago. And I have to put an emphasis on five because <laughs> that is calming me the fuck down. It was driving yes i know son of a bitch of the week is typically driving for me how motherfuckers can't drive and they you they drive like they're in fucking bumper cars but this son of a bitch pulled a fucking u-turn okay let me set this up if you're in oklahoma you know northwest expressway is pretty pretty busy it's not even near the busy hour but it's it's busy right now or when i was coming here and you have your, your sub streets your cross streets well i'm getting ready to turn off of northwest expressway by the uh, gold's gym so I could head down and then make a left and then come onto the studio. Well, all of a sudden, all the cars that are going across, so I'm heading west on Northwest Expressway, they're heading north. One of them automatically out of nowhere, doesn't even get in the fucking turn lane, but just automatically does this fucking 
pinpoint turn in the middle of the fucking road. And police officers aren't supposed to do that shit anymore. So I don't know why the fuck he thought it was all right. But he just sat there and looked and kind of smiled. And man, if I wasn't hotter than a motherfucking firecracker, I was so pissed. I was like, you goddamn son of a bitch. And I had to pull a Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm going to move away from the mic so I don't blast your ears. But get off the goddamn road. Yell to the motherfucker, get off the goddamn road, you son of a bitch. They just sitting there smiling. And I look on the side of the motherfucking vehicle because when he turned, uh, I saw like this little ramp. I was like, okay, maybe I'll give this guy a benefit of a doubt because, you know, I'm, I'm obviously feeling like I'm in a rush. As soon as I get in the car, I got to know the destination so I can fucking get there, get my shit done because I got a lot of shit to do typically. I was like, maybe he's from the nursing home down the street or something like that. I pull up and on the side of this motherfucking vehicle says a non-emergency, non-emergency B transport. And I said, God damn, a motherfucking beekeeper. That's that. I mean, bees are very essential. They're very important to the ecosystem. But you're going to turn 10 motherfucking times in the lane when it's not your fucking time to go. And you're not supposed to fucking turn that way. You could have turned into Gold's Gym and then came out of the parking lot or anything else. But for a non-emergency, be transport. And if this motherfucker didn't pull up right beside me at the light and I had to count backwards. 10, 9, boy, 8, 7. I'm going to kick his fucking ass. I just had to count down and just take a couple deep breaths i was like you know what this motherfucker is son of a bitch of the week so for the the beekeeper the motherfucking driver that's driving the non-emergency bee transport that likes to take 10 point fucking turns when it's not his turn on the fucking uh, uh roadway doesn't use his fucking blinkers to do that shit and then smiles about that dumb shit fuck you <laughs> fuck you you son of a bitch <sighs> all right folks i feel better now not really, but I'm going to say I am because it's going to take up too much time to talk about this dumbass. And I had some really good sons of bitches of the week that did not have to do with driving. Life has presented an asshole around every corner. And it looks like it seems like just lately they're coming out more than they used to. And I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if it's like an asshole holiday. Uh, I do have to say this. I hope everybody had a very happy 4th of July weekend and 4th of July, which was on Tuesday this year. Uh, I ended up working. And then uh, just going home, taking care of the dogs. Wife was out of town, so I took care of the dogs, and I had some shows to edit. So I didn't really do anything. I didn't even drink. I was just working out, uh, work, take care of the dogs. So I hope everybody got to – if you didn't drink enough, if you only drank for yourself, when you hear their show today, go ahead and drink for me as well, okay? Go ahead and take a swig of beer uh, for the working man because I was working my ass off all weekend – and I, I didn't even have to come in on Tuesday, but when you get double pay plus your you know holiday pay and all that shit, I was like, eh, it'd be stupid not to come in <laughs> for this eight, nine hour shift. So I went in, but I hope everybody had a happy 4th of July. They got to see the fireworks, got to hang out with family and drink all the beer that you wanted to drink. Um, and, and this not only comes from me, but from the whole Black of Studios family, from the Elijah Bailey show. Uh, we just wish you guys very happy holidays whenever the holidays are around. We don't take off on those holidays. 
We still typically record, but this week was a little bit wild. That's why you don't hear Richard on this show. But hopefully you guys had a great holiday. Um, and But this week, though, assholes have been coming out, even even on the 4th of July. And I mean, you know that people are going to get drunk, but you don't know that people are going to be just straight up fucking dickholes. That's what you don't know. And and they, they were. They were the finest of dickholes, <laughs> the dick holiest of dickholes. And it, it annoyed me, but at the same time, for shit like that that doesn't matter you just gotta ignore it you just gotta ignore them do what you need to do going about your business and so i enjoyed my day with my dogs uh, i enjoyed making some money <laughs> on the holiday but i do enjoy being back here in the studio even if it's without richard we're gonna talk about some things today so first off uh we already you know i already told you guys happy holidays but i do want to say that tomorrow is july 7th 2000 and motherfucking 17 and you know that you know what we need to open up the duffel bag for this that's pretty good pretty good zip but 2017 on the day of july 7th is a day that spider-man homecoming comes to theaters and i've been waiting for this movie since i saw tom holland as spider-man in uh, captain america civil war and i'm just excited because this seems like the spider-man that we've always wanted that we always needed that is even though tom holland is 20 he looks like he's high schooler you know he has uh the benjamin button factor for a movie star and that's why i want to see i don't give a shit if you're young old old young as long as you look the part and you can represent the character i'm happy so this spider-man looks very good you see like an internal conflict and struggle through all the featurettes and things that they've showed between uh peter and happy peter and tony and so i think this is going to be one that because robert downey jr already came out and said when he wants to retire as iron man and we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit but you get to see this dynamic between Peter and, and Tony, like a superhero who is very earnest, so young that all he has is his honest want and need to help. Not not something like uh, Steve Rogers, who is old. He was frozen. He kind of understands the way of the world. Yes, he, he was young when he was put into service and, and, and became Captain America, but he has got to grow and got to, he's had to experience loss as an adult where Peter has had to experience it younger and they're not going into the whole uncle ben deal they're not going through some of the origin story of spider-man we just know spider-man is one of the most well-known characters in marvel comics in comics uh, alone and so we know his backstory but what they're showing us is a earnest superhero that wants to help but a more responsible driven tony stark that is restricting his movements and you could say that every i mean everything is tying together with the marvel universe tony had all of the battles for the avengers you know at stark towers which became avenger towers then overseas when we went to age of ultron to all these different places then even in the beginning of captain america civil war there was deaths at the uh what was it the ambassador hotels or whatever it was for wakanda and t'challa's dad got killed and so you see Tony actually taking responsibility in the only way he knows how. Now, if you go back to several comics, he was not, I mean, his whole deal was to just do what he wanted to do. 
I have a vision, I'm going to attain that vision, but I'm not going to think about the people that it impacts. It should be a financial wealth gain. And because I like to party and hang out, I'm just going to give this stuff to Pepper. So if Pepper understands from a business set what should be done, then she's going to drive it as a business versus her own personal interest because it's still not her company. And so in the movies, you're just seeing Tony having the loss of Pepper. You know, they had their falling out after the extremist deal in, in Iron Man 3. Then all the battles and war, him, you know, suffering from depression. I think this set Tony Stark up to actually be very cognizant of the things around him, even still acting Tony esque. You know, oh well, I, I, you know, he's going to feel this doesn't really worry me. Uh, we should really be worried about this, or how about this? Or and he's got his quick wit and his remarks, but deep down underneath, he's like, you should leave this to the real heroes. Well, when will I be a hero, Iron Man? When will I be a hero, Mister Stark? We'll call on you. So instead of him actually telling, you know, I have a plan for you because this is what I've seen. Because we saw this in Captain Captain America Civil War when Spider-Man got hit and he's like, you're out, kid. He was generally concerned about his well-being. And this happened before, I do believe, before Rhodey got shot down, which ultimately I think is fucking Tony Stark's fault because he's like, uh, Vision, shoot him. Well, if I'm Falcon, I'm not going to fucking take a blast from Vision. Just, I mean, oh, well, War Machine's here. I've, I guess I've got to take this blast and be captured. No, fuck that. He even apologized when, you know, he pulled a maneuver, which is what you're supposed to do when you're in war. Tony doesn't understand battle tactics and war. He's getting better at it, but he thinks on a, a more intellectual level about combat, about war, about how things should go versus the nitty-gritty, I will sacrifice whatever, and that's what Falcon did. But getting off that point, that was, that happened before Rhodey got injured, and so now he's very cautious of everybody, I feel. Now, I do and do not agree. I'm in between on some of the things he should do. I think he should tell people, like, hey, I have a plan for you. I've seen this happen. My friend Rhodey could not walk. We had to come up with new technology to get him walking again. You're too young for that to happen to you. I don't care about your spider sense, which they said that they're not using in this movie, even though they used his spider sense in Civil War. I think it, it won't be played up, but I think he will still have it. You know, I mean, this is just a rumor. But I think that he's like, you know, you can defend yourself. You can do this, but I, I want you to be safe. I don't want you to have to experience that. So what we're going to do is I have a protocol embedded in the suit, which I thought was going to be the Iron Spider suit. But I do like this suit that's got the technological upgrades into it that's called, uh, and he'll tell them, you know, this is called the Training World Program because I need to see certain things from you. Being a hero is just not about your strength, just not about your, you're willing to get out there in the battles. It's willing to be able to step back and say, I need to lead this to somebody else or think or do that. But because it's Tony Stark, he's not going to go into that. So that's going to cause that conflict between him and Peter, which is ultimately going to drive Peter to be a better superhero because, as you see in the trailer, he, he defies him. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say defy, but he tells me, like, why can't you just be a, a neighborhood-friendly Spider-Man? Just take, you know, small crime. Well, he goes out and tries to help these people because he knows the, the bad guys are going to shock her, uh, the Falcon. He knows those guys are on that ship. And it ends up the ship gets split in half, which you see in the trailer. And he's doing, you know, they're using the whole Christ thematic uh, uh, scenes where he's trying to pull the boat back together. But, again, he's not that strong to keep that boat together and keep it from sinking, even with all of his webs. And Tony comes in. Helps him at the last. Well, if you can't handle the suit, you need to give me the suit back. And that's when uh, Peter makes the revolution. Like I'm nothing without the suit. And Tony's like, well, then you didn't deserve the suit then. And I think that was a good way for him to kind of say what he needed to say because he's he's been in that position. 
if I can't do things without this suit, I'm not worthy of this suit. So I do like the internal the struggle and the conflict that they're having between both of the characters. I think it's going to play out really strong. I've got my tickets to go see Spider-Man tomorrow. So you guys need to get down there. Remember, if you don't have a fucking badass Spider-Man shirt or an Iron Man shirt or Avengers or Marvel shirt, they have fucking Stanley as the watcher on Ripped Apparel right now. You go to Ripped Apparel, get whatever shirt you want. When you go to checkout, put in our promo code, Elijah Bailey Show, and you get 10% off whatever you purchase. And with that being said, let's take a pause for the cause and we'll be right back with Anime Shmanime. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Elijah 5000. Today, I've got a special offer for you. If you like wearing badass shirts, original themes from pop culture, comic book, and anime culture from original artists, then use our promo code at checkout at www.riptapparel.com. Promo code Elijah Bailey Show gives you a 10% discount, so you're paying less than anyone else. Make sure to go get your shirt, look cool as hell, and stay ripped. Are you looking for the greatest Dragon Ball Z podcast in all the land? Well, then look no further. Krillin' It with Danny and Iffy is here. Join your hosts, comedians Danny Fernandez and Iffy Wadaway, as they sit down each and every week with a new guest to discuss Dragon Ball Z episodes. You'll love it. Goku, Krillin, Vegeta, Bulma, everyone is there. Make sure to go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review, and then follow us on Twitter at Krillin' It Pod. Keep on Krillin, Krillers. Welcome back to the Elijah Bailey Show. And I just finished talking about the amazing Spider-Man, or shall I say Spider-Man Homecoming, coming to theaters tomorrow, July 7th of 2017. I really just wanted to speak on that struggle because I think that's going to make I mean, it's going to be an overcome movie where Peter or both him and Tony will start to respect each other and see each other in a different light. And that might lead to Tony talking to Peter, telling him he needs to be the ultimate Spider-Man or amazing Spider-Man. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever verbiage we need to hear as Marvel comic book fans. But besides that, I just think it's going to be a just badass movie. I think it's going to be really, really good just because... Uh, the fact that you have the characters like the Shocker. Shocker was one of my favorite characters. Uh, just because he, I have this affinity for lightning. And so lightning-based superheroes, Storm, Static, Black Lightning. And not just because they're black, but just because the lightning aspect. Even in Naruto, having uh, Kakashi, uh, Sasuke using their lightning abilities. That really draws me in. For whatever reason. Because lightning can heat up. And melt metal, lightning can shock somebody, you can use it with water. I mean, it has many purposes to go through. I mean, it's just amazing. So having Shocker in the film and seeing Peter get hit into school buses and thrown through buildings and having to save stuff and then having a vulture that is just a real working class person, I think that's just going to work perfect together. And I can't wait to see the film, so I want you guys to go see it. Make sure to go to RiptApparel.com. Uh, you won't get your shirt before tomorrow, but you, after you see the movie and you get that shirt, you can wear it with pride, knowing that you watch Spider-Man Homecoming. All right, so what I wanted to get into now is anime shmanime. And now we're back to the most illustrious segment in podcast history, anime shmanime time. That's right, folks. It's Elijah 5000. Richard couldn't be here today, but I'm going to keep it up just like Jarvis White taught me. It's anime shmanime time. 
It's anime shmenime time. Your lunch of 5,000 is about to rhyme. So you better put your hand away time before it turns into your mayonnaise time. Hey girl, put your man away time because it is anime shmenime time and we're going to keep this rhyming going all the time. Yeah, it's like your getaway time. We talk about anime anytime, but this is your anime shmenime time and I'm going to make all this shit rhyme. Yes, are you an otaku? Are you a wife? Are you a neat? We talk about all that shit in the sheets. We support Crunchyroll and Funimation. And now, back to the show with Elijah and Richard for Anime Shmanime Time. All right, folks. So Anime Shmanime, this week is going to be run a little bit different. I, I will tell you guys what I'm currently watching. It's not really too much, but I want to give you guys a top ten of anime to check out if you haven't already. Some of them are older anime, but some of them are new. Uh, but currently, you you know... And I'm going to save this for when Richard gets back, or we'll put it on Patreon again. Dragon Ball Super. One of my favorite all-time fucking shows in all of anime. Before I even knew what anime was, I was watching Dragon Ball. And so far, man, I, I, episode 97 it just got me by the balls. That's all I can say. It has got me by the cojones. It's got me by the pubes. It is so... We took what it feels like forever to get to this moment and then actually seeing what's going down right now and the way that they do it different than any other tournament they've ever had in Dragon Ball. And we know that Goku's only won one tournament throughout the entire series, throughout the entire series from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, even Dragon Ball GT and now in Dragon Ball Super, he has only won one tournament. If you think back to the tournament at the beginning of Dragon Ball Super, uh, and uh, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. He didn't win. He actually bowed out because he knew that his opponent was stronger than him. And he wanted the ability to get better. Like, it, Goku knew that there was somebody stronger than him, or so he was told. So he wanted the ability to actually be able to beat Hit by training more and he had all the confidence in the world that the guy after him that would win the tournament so he didn't win that tournament either well you know i'm lying well no no i was gonna say i'm lying but even in other world he did not win he tied him and PyCon tied uh, because they both went out of bounds at the same time so they both lost there was no winner but they were the finalists for that tournament so dragon ball super has been what i've been watching and then i've been trying to keep up with my hero academia but they're on a break now and uh, it's been a couple weeks since then. And then Attack on Titan Season 2 came to the final episode, uh, which was episode twenty-seven or 37. And it was fucking phenomenal. The only other thing I was watching besides that was Bento. That was actually that was actually a pick for a little bit of anime podcast that everybody picked for us to watch. And that is another martial arts anime. But I want to run you through the list. Some of these have been on anime of the week when we had anime of the week and they've been on anime and manga of the month. But I want to give you guys a rundown of some of the top anime that you should be watching. So first on the list, and this list is in no particular order. It's just 10. I want to give you guys kind of like a full range of shows. So on my list at number 10, which if I put them in order, it'd probably be a lot higher is uh food war Shokugeki no Soma. And this was way back in the episodes before we even hit 10 when i talked about this show i think it was called food porn was the episode because you watch the first season and motherfuckers are eating food and then getting butt-ass booty naked like oh it feels so good like in their fantasy how that food makes them feel uh shokugeki no soma 
centers around uh, Yukihira Soma, a middle school student who is determined to surpass his father's culinary skills. One day, his father decides to close down their family restaurant and hone his skills in Europe. Before leaving, he enrolls Soma in an elite culinary school that is extremely difficult to enter with a graduation rate of only 10%. Will Soma be able to improve his skills or will the kitchen prove to be too hot? This show has, even though it's a cooking show, which I didn't think it was going to be that good because there's no actual fighting, the way that they prepare their foods, the type of uh, way the story is driven is really, really compelling, both for guys and girls that are a part of this anime. Then you get to see like who his dad was at this culinary place and what made his dad so special because him and his dad have competitions, kind of like Goku and Vegeta, but he's never, I think he's got 400 and something losses from his dad and zero wins, but he looks at his losses as a way to improve. So if you're looking for some motivation, if you're looking for a show that'll make you feel and actually think like coming up against walls, how do I pass this? Is this going to be something that somebody freaks out about or some way they get through it. I mean, this is a good show. And then there's so many different ways to cook food. And some of the actual dishes they prepare, I'm pretty sure all of them you can cook. But they give you, at the end of the show, recipes to go ahead and make these dishes. So, uh, Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma is number 10. Coming in at number 9 is one that Richard got me on long time ago. when Before the Elijah Bailey show started, when it was just a show with no name... And now it's called Black and Studios, The Black Box. The show that I'm giving you now is Kuroko's Basketball. An up-and-coming power player, Taiga Kagami, is just back from America. When he comes to Seren High School, he meets a super ordinary boy, Tetsuya Kuroko. Uh, Kagami is shocked to find that Kuroko isn't good at basketball. In fact, he's bad. And he's so plain that he's impossible to see. But Kuroko's plainness lets him pass the ball around without the other team noticing him. And he's none other than the legendary sixth member of the Miracle Generation. So this this show, again, if, like the description said, it centers around Kuroko, who is ordinary. But he was actually the most important member, if you think about you know the whole team, on the Miracle Generation and that was just a middle school basketball team. But what had happened was everybody was so good, they just started blowing out people. Every game they would win, and they stopped you know, loving the game. And so Kuroko wanted to go to a different high school than any of his other companions and find people that actually love basketball and prove to them that his way of basketball, basketball only being played with emotion, is the right way. So this is a very another compelling show because it's got a lot of feels. You have people overcoming. And this sports anime, there's a lot of physicality in it uh, about learning to pass your limitations, friendship, bonding. Uh, you can have friends with different ideas and them trying to reach their goals along with you reaching your goals, motivating each other. So I, I'm definitely give this one a watch. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having this kind of emotion that is driven in a sports anime. I think it makes it even more compelling. Uh, just, just being able to watch something of that nature because most sports anime, and I'm not saying that they're not emotion. They have emotion in them, but some of them don't go into the, the depth that this would. So definitely, 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 definitely go ahead and check out, uh, Kuroko's basketball. Next one on my list. Number eight, Yuri on ice. Now I was definitely not going to watch an ice skating, figure skating anime 
But my co-host Monica on a little bit of anime got me to watch this for Watch Swap, and I finished the entire season, and it is fucking phenomenal. I can't wait for the next season. Uh, Yuri uh, Katsuki carried the hope of all Japan on his shoulders in his figure skating Grand Prix. But suffering a crushing defeat in the finals, he returned to his hometown in Kyushu and hid away in his family's home, half wanting to continue skating and half wanting to retire. That was when the five-time consecutive world champion and, pardon my uh, Russian, Viktor Nikorov, suddenly showed up with his teammate Yuri Pletsky, a young skater starting to surpass his seniors. And so the two Yuris and the Russian champion, Viktor, set out to compete in the Grand Prix like none the world has ever seen. And this one is pretty cool because Yuri doesn't think highly of himself. He's very introverted. He got to the the world stage but kind of choked. And all of a sudden he goes back to his hometown feeling sorry for himself, gain weight, and shows one of his best friends that there was three of them that used to skate together that he mimicked their role model, Victor. And her three daughters actually recorded him and put it up on YouTube. And he did so well that it just went viral and it caught Victor's eye. And so he flew and he didn't fly. He didn't fly with the other Yui. He flew by himself to meet Yuri and wanted to train him because he was so inspired by that. Then the other Yuri, Yuri Pletsky, the other Russian, came because Victor promised to train him. So he had them compete against each other. And basically whoever won the Grand Prix there be a specific product there there's many challenges that they did but this show the artwork is beautiful the music is amazing uh it's not cowboy bebop like the chill hop but it is very very good music and it just has this i want to win because i want i still want to have you in my life and it you it's very ambiguous you don't know if they're gay you don't know if they're not and it really doesn't matter but the stuff that they do together as a team and competing against each other uh drew me in so number eight yuri on ice all right, folks, number seven is one of my fucking favorite older anime. I think it ran from like 1992 to 1995. Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho follows Yusuke Yurameshi, a 14-year-old street brawling delinquent who, in an uncharacteristic act of altruism, is hit by a car and killed in an attempt to save a young boy by pushing him out of the way. His ghost is greeted by Botan, a woman who introduces herself as the pilot to the River of Sticks, so a grim reaper, who ferries souls to the underworld or spirit world where they may be judged for the afterlife. Botan informs Yusuke that his act had caught the had caught even the underworld by surprise and that there was not yet a place made for him in either heaven or hell. Thus, Koenma, the son of the underworld's ruler, King Yama, uh, and you know King Yama from Dragon Ball Z offers Yusuke a chance to return to his body through a series of tests. And this basically propels Yusuke into the role of being a spirit detective. And this is called Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, I think it's the Ghost Files. I think is the actual full title of it. And it follows Yusuke Yurameshi, um, who was like in the description of delinquent. He was the top delinquent in the in the whole area. Nobody wanted to fight with him because he was so tough, except for Kuwabara, who continued to lose to him, but was his internal rival. So think of it as like Yusuke in the beginning is kind of like Vegeta. And Kuwabara is like Goku, except for he sucks. So Vegeta basically beating Goku all the time and being a smart ass on top of that. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on. You find out over the first couple of episodes that Yusuke really cares about people, and especially his friends or Kurobaro's friends, because Kurobaro's trying to, you know, 
bust his ass to have everybody pass their test, not be expelled from school because some of them. I mean, there's a lot of different story in this, but for I mean, again, all the sto- all the anime that I'm giving you are stories, story driven. Uh, there's action in them, but the stories are what make them what they're supposed to be. So you can find uh, all these shows on either Crunchyroll or Funimation. Uh, but I would advise you to make sure to watch them because they are amazing. But again, Yu Yu Hakusho is one of my favorite shows. And you'll, I mean, <laughs> I like most of these shows I'm putting. I mean, I really like them, but there's a couple that are favorites. Like the next one, you you guys, and I actually, I won't put it, I'm going to put the, my top three in the top three. So I'm not even going to say the next one, but make sure to check out Yu Yu Hakusho. That one is one that you can't go wrong with. The story is very, very compelling, very good. And it's just an interesting action anime. Now the next one you guys know is action, but I think it would also be characterized as, mm, yeah, as a romance, romance drama is Inuyasha. So coming in at number six is Inuyasha. The series follows Kagome uh, Higurashi, a 15-year-old girl from Tokyo who is transported to the Sengoku period after falling into a well in her family shrine, where she meets the half-demon dog, Inuyasha. When a monster from that era tries to take the magical Shakon jewel embedded in Kagome, she accidentally shatters the jewel into many pieces that are dispersed across Japan. Inuyasha and Kagome start traveling to recover it before the powerful demon Nuraku finds all the shards. Inuyasha and Kagome gain several allies during their journey, including Shippo, Moroko, Sango, and Kirara. In, con- in contrast to the typical comedic nature of much of Takahashi's previous work, Inuyasha deals with darker subject matters using the setting of the Sengoku period to easily display the violent content. So yes, this is a violent show, but it is driven around love. Um, we've talked about this briefly in a couple of the previous shows, but Inuyasha, one of the themes I liked was Inuyasha wasn't welcome in either world because he's a half demon. His brother Shishomaru, and Shishomaru's a bad motherfucker. Shishomaru is full blood demon. Inuyasha's mother was a human, so now he doesn't belong in either world. So it's almost like somebody that's half black, half white. Demons didn't fully accept him, and humans didn't fully accept him. So what he wanted to do was just burn the whole fucking world. I want to, I want to get this jewel shard so I can be a hundred percent demon. And I think most of that was to be accepted, but again, to let people know I don't give a fuck. I'm a demon. I'm gonna do what I what demons do. I'm gonna kill. I'm a blah blah blah. But Kagome wants to see him as a human because, and I don't want to give nothing away. It's a good show. Very, very, very good. It's it's among my favorite, but I couldn't put it in the top three just yet. Make sure to go check out. Inuyasha. That's my number six. Number five on my list is Beelzebub. Oga Tetsuyu is a first-year student in Ishiyama High, a notorious school for delinquents. One day he sees a man floating by, and then the man suddenly splits in half to reveal a baby boy inside. So this one, I mean, that's all of the description this show gives you. But the cool thing is, this kind of kind of plays on a show called the seven mortal sins where it explains each keeper in hell. Well, it's the same thing. Beelzebub Beelzebub is Beelzebub. The fourth, his dad, the third is one of the rulers of hell. And he talks about in the show, raising his son up to overthrow the world and then come down to hell and beat Lucifer and Satan and the rest of them. So he can take over. But the whole deal is, is based around delinquent. So nobody is really a good guy. 
they just like to fight. Some of them like to bribe people or steal money from people. Uh, you have uh, Yakuza and everything else. And so this is the world that they're living in. And it's funny because Oga's parents are relatively normal, but his sister used to be uh, the captain of the all-female gang. But now she's older, she's got a job, so she's not doing that anymore. She's not delinquent anymore. She's still got powers and strength, but she's not delinquent anymore. So now Beelzebub is attracted to Oga because he's attracted to power, strong people. Even though he's a, a freshman, he's a, a first year, he still beats like juniors, sophomores, and seniors throughout the show to kind of prove his dominance. And then him and baby Belzy end up giving each other power. So Belzebub gets stronger as he does. And you find out about these demonic links and everything else. I wish the show would have continued to go on longer, but it's a good anime. And if you want more then read the manga, because it tells about who his mom is, how she ties to uh, Belzebub the third and the rest of the realms in hell and where the, the story is going to go. So that's my number five, another action story, not too much drama. There's a little love in there. Like Oga doesn't know. He really doesn't like, not saying he doesn't like girls, but he doesn't notice them. He's a delinquent. He wants to be the strongest. And then the one that took over for his sister with that all female gang, she likes Oga because of his strength and because the way that he acts. But I mean, it's a straight up delinquent show. So make sure to check that out. That's my number five. Number four is another one that I've been talking about, and I don't know, I said this at the beginning of the show, what I've been watching, they're, they're on a hiatus, but my number four is going to be Boku no Hero Academia, My Hero Academia. I did not think this show was going to be that good. I mean, it's very bright and it's about superheroes, but man, when I saw the first fight scene, I was like, ah, I got to get on this. And I watched the whole first season and waited for the second season. Izuku has dreamt of being a hero all his life, a lofty goal for anyone, but especially challenging for a kid with no superpowers. That's right. In a world where 80% of the population has some kind of superpowered quirk, Izuku was unlucky enough to be born completely normal. But that's not enough to stop him from enrolling in one of the world's most prestigious hero academies. And so this is another overcome story. I mean, one of the first questions in the first episode, and really the first two, is can I still do this even though I don't have their credentials? And that I think that speaks a lot to what life has to offer. Can I be this person even though right now I don't know shit about this and I don't know how to get there? Yes, you can. And so Izuku writes in all his notebooks all the different quirks he sees, he studies them, analyzes what they could be used for and how he could counter them uh, because he's waiting. He's hoping that he's going to get a quirk someday. And the way in this world, you know, if you have a quirk by the age of four, if one bone is specifically not in your foot, then you don't have a quirk or you do have a quirk. If you have all your bones in your foot, then you're quirkless. And so you get ridiculed for that. It's almost like, you know, just being the, again, being the nerd and the loser, but, he impresses one of the world's greatest heroes, All Might, and begins his tutelage under All Might and is making a big impact because he is restoring hope in the hero community and letting other heroes that have been doing their job forever kind of reminisce on, like, why I got into being a hero. That's what you need to be a hero. It doesn't matter anything else. That kid is selflessly putting himself in the line, having his body obliterated, trying to just save another person. Why am I sitting back here? Why am I not doing the same thing? So, again, this is my number four, My Hero Academia. Th this show will teach you some things. And we're we're getting into the nitty-gritty, folks. Number three on the list is one show that I have been waiting to talk about. And me and Richard will talk about it 
we'll break this show down because this is another favorite of ours. You've heard us talk about Cowboy Bebop. Uh, you've heard us talk about even shows like Shamurai Shampoo, Shampoo uh, but you haven't heard us really talk. We, we mentioned it, but you haven't heard us talk about Trigun. And Trigun is one of the shows that, uh, God <laughs> damn it, boy. When I saw Trigun, I knew any show, any anime that was watched from that point had to be in outer space because that's where they always start. And that's how they, I mean, if they're in outer space, they got to come down to a planet sometime. And when they do, the motherfuckers are bad. But Trigun is number three. Now Trigun revolves around a man known as Vash the Stampede, also known as the humanoid typhoon and two, uh, Bernadelle insurance society employees, Meryl Strafe and Millie Thompson, who follow him around in order to minimize the damages inevitably, inevitably caused by his appearance. Most of the damage attributed to Vash is actually caused by bounty hunters in pursuit of the $60 billion double dollar bounty on Vash's head for the destruction of a city of July. However, he cannot remember the incident due to retrograde amnesia, being able to recall only fragments of the destroyed city and memories of his childhood. Throughout his travels, Vash tries to save lives using non-lethal force. He is occasionally joined by a priest known as Nicholas D. Wolfwood, who, like Vash, is a superb gunfighter with a mysterious past. As the series progresses, more about Vash's past and the history of human civilization on the planet Gunsmoke is revealed. So this is basically throughout the entire season. You're trying to figure out how the world got to this place. Why is it post-apocalyptic? Why is everybody going back to gunslinging days? And how the fuck did Vash get to be Vash? And then you meet Knives, his brother? Oh, shit. I mean, when you watch this show, it makes you think. And it is a darker anime, but it also has light and hope into it, too, because Vash's outlook on things and how he solves problems and when he gets serious about something really speaks to his his true person but he has to do some of the other things he does just to cope with the way life is cope with not having his memory cope with what he might have to do in the future once he finds out what happened why he has that 60 billion double dollar bounty on his head so trigun again is among my top three another one that you you guys need to watch now throughout this top 10 i i got to thinking should i really talk about the top two um and i am i'm i you know which two are going to be the top two but i'm going to give you some honorable mentions i'm gonna give you two more honorable mentions before we get to the last two because i don't think it's i don't think it's fair to kind of leave these shows out and it's not i don't want to say fair but i think these shows offer something that most most shows don't and it's not going to be Naruto. It's not going to be Bleach. I do love Naruto and Bleach. I think they are very, very good shows. Um, I think that they transcended the way that we thought about anime, even though they took from, uh, I really think that the author, um, it's not Oda, Oda's One Piece, um, but the author and creator of Bleach should have kept going with Zombie Powder. Zombie Powder was a good fucking show. I don't know why people didn't latch onto it. It's damn near Bleach itself. But no, um, they're not getting my honorable mentions, but I will give a shout out to to both of them, Naruto and Bleach. Um, but the first one, as far as my honorable mention, and I think it's a hidden gem that most people don't watch uh, or read, is Toriko. Uh, in the world where the taste and texture of food is extremely important, individuals known as Bishokuya, 
specialized in acquisitions of rare ingredients and animals. Our protagonist, Toriko, uh, possesses incredible strength and knowledge of the animal kingdom in order to fulfill his dream to capture the most precious food in the world and create the ultimate dinner course. He is currently accompanied by a weak and timid chef who inspired by Toriko's ambition travels with him to improve his culinary skill and find rare ingredients. So Toriko is one of those shows is a mix between Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and one piece because you have this character, except for this character is not dumb. He's super strong and he's smart and he wants to learn more about the world of food. Now the chef is the one that is learning about the culture of the world because Everything in the world is edible from dirt to tree bark to animals that are mixed with like typical fruits and vegetables that we know today and everything can be enjoyed and fulfill and nourish your body. So the principles that they talk about, about how to prepare food, how to show food, the proper respect and those that cook it and things that um, really are underappreciated. I like the show for that, because if you have a kid watching this, you're I'm, I'm not even lying. Your kid will be sitting there praying before they eat. Uh, thanking you and or your husband or your wife for preparing the meal, um, you know, really wanting to learn about the animal and what process it has to go to. So it enlightens a person, even as, as a child, to understand the process of food and where it comes from and why it's so important to us. But then there are some other issues and things that are brought up in the show about family, uh, about lust, greed, hunger, and, and, that, and that aspect of of the world. The the malnutrition world that we see of in the infomercials like feed this poor child do this for this poor child so that's going to be my first honorable mention Torico, because it was a show that kind of changed the landscape in my mind of why they would be doing anything like a show around food who who's going to watch that that makes no sense i don't understand why uh you would really watch that show and then after i started watching i was like holy shit i do love the action but this is really good um Honorable mention number two, I might throw another one in here, is Mob Psycho 100. Uh, this one was one that you heard us talk about, and we fucking love this show. Kagiyami Shigo, a.k.a. Mob, is a boy who has trouble expressing himself, but who happens to be a powerful esper. Mob is determined to live a normal life and keep his ESP suppressed. But when his emotions surge to a level of 100%, Something terrible happens to him as he's surrounded by false espers, evil spirits and mysterious organizations. What will mob think? What choices will he make? The anime based on the original story by one, the idol of the webcomic world and creator of one punch man is coming your way with animation by leading animation studio bones. So mob cycle 100 I mean, it's basically in the story. Mob just wants to be a regular kid. He has a false mentor who owns this psychic shop that is telling him all this stuff that is not really true. And, oh, I see the espers. Well, you go ahead and take care of them. Uh, do you feel anything, Mob? Do you see anything? And relying on mob skills to actually, uh, was it, exercise demons. But then as things start to progress, there's other espers around. There's organizations. His brother is secretly jealous of him and mob just wants a regular life. He wants to be like his younger brother. He wants to be normal and be good at school and have the girls like him. But because he has this power, he always has to keep himself in check. But when he goes to 100%, holy shit, that shit is, is crazy. 
that when he goes 100% is one thing that you never want to miss. Now, the third honorable mention, you guys probably guessed it just from me reading that description, is uh, One Punch Man. Uh, we've heard us talk about One Punch Man before, but let me give it to you one more time. On an unarmed Earth-like superhero continent planet strange monsters and supervillains have been mysteriously appearing and causing disasters to combat them the world's superheroes have risen to fight them saitama is one such superhero hailing from the metropolis of city z and easily defending monsters and villains with a single punch however he has become bored with his power and only gets truly excited when fighting strong opponents that can challenge him over the course of the series, Saitama encounters various superheroes, supervillains, and monsters. He gains a disciple in the form of the cyborg Genos and eventually joins the Hero Association in order to gain official recognition. And this is, what if Superman was bored with his abilities? Mob has all the power in the world and utilizes it in one, one flick, one punch, one technique, and, I mean, they show brains, guts being blown away. This is a phenomenal show. What happens when the strongest man in the world is bored? You get to see pick his nose, look for discounts, <laughs> for to go shopping. And, I mean, his demeanor about all this is just very, like, blah. But the comedy in this show is amazing. Uh, the other superheroes that fight, even the, the superheroes and villains that try to fight him full speed and then knowing that he only has to, like, do one punch or move or whatever the fight between him and genos was phenomenal but the very first fight with that animal house that that is the one go to hulu go to funimation uh even on i think it's on netflix go wherever the fuck you have to go to watch one punch man but that is isn't a high honorable mention i couldn't put it up at the top of the list but you need to watch one punch man i don't care if you watch uh, mob cycle 100 or one punch man first but both of them are amazing both of them are phenomenal shows and they will open your eyes to a different possibility. Like my superhero doesn't have to, uh, battle to get strong. My superhero uh, is strong. He's already strong and he's bored with all of your asses. He's tired of everybody. All right, let's get back to the list. Now you're going to say, which one am I going to put first? Uh, it really doesn't matter at this point because again, I'm not, I said, I'd say the last three for ranking, but I just, I, I, I can't do it. I just don't know how to rank, the top one and two. So because we talk about this show all the time, and when I say all the time, we're talking about Dragon Ball Super, I'm going to put that one as number two right now because we did an episode on number one, but we talk about this consistently. It's become a submitted part on the show, and you're like, well, that should be your number one. Well, I want to leave space for the one that we only talked about once because that one holds a special place in both me and Richard's heart. But this is this is my top ten. I'm going to get Richard to come on and give us a top ten as well. Uh, on his side, because he's going to have some Gundam. I didn't put all of my honorable mentions on, but there's some good shit. There's some good shows, especially Gundam. Um, but Dragon Ball Z picks up five years after the end of Dragon Ball, the anime, with Son Goku as a young adult and father to his son Gohan. A humanoid alien named a humanoid alien named Raditz arrives on Earth in a spacecraft and tracks down Goku, revealing to him that he is his long lost big brother and that they are member of a nearly extinct extraterrestrial race called Saiyan. The Saiyan has sent Goku, originally named Kakarot, to Earth as an infant to conquer the planet for them. But he suffered a severe head injury soon after and lost his memory, as well as his bloodthirsty Saiyan nature. Goku refuses to help Raditz continue his mission, which results in, Goha, uh, in Gohan getting kidnapped 
by Raditz. And that is the beginning, the real beginning of Dragon Ball. Goku has to partner up with somebody he previously defeated in Dragon Ball, the evil King Piccolo, who was reborn as Majunior or Piccolo. And they have to team up because Raditz is stronger than both of them. So they have to combine their power just to equal and challenges. And from there, fuck, the whole story of Dragon Ball Z is spun from there, going through the Saiyan saga, the uh, Namekian saga, the Frieza saga, the Boo saga, all the Android saga, all these fucking sagas that are that are epic in nature. Yes, the fight scenes might have taken a long time or getting to them would take, take a long time, but I think that's what made the show the best because there was never a time where I was like, oh, just hurry up and get to the fight. And disappointed, I was like, hurry up and get to the fight. Like, oh, shit. Oh, did you see what Goku did to him? Did you see what Goku said to him? And then, oh, shit, Frieza killed Krillin and did this. So my number two that you must watch is Dragon Ball Z. I know a lot of people don't like it, and a lot of people have seen it, but there's still a lot of people like, oh, no, they told me not to watch that. Fucking go watch Dragon Ball Z. That's that's the shit. That'll get you started on Super and go back to Dragon Ball. And, I mean, it, it's an amazing show. Number one is Cowboy Bebop. We did a whole fucking episode. I named my, my goddamn game room the Bebop. The Bebop crew is just trying to make it and make a buck. The motley lot of intergalactic loners team up to track down fugitives and turn them in for cold, hard cash. Spike is a hero whose uh, cool facade hides a dark and deadly past. The pilot, Jet, is a bruiser of a brute who cannot wait to collect the next bounty. Faye Valentine is the femme fatale, prone to breaking hearts and separating fools from their money. Along for the ride are the brilliant but weird Hacker Ed and a super genius Welsh Corgi named Ein. The Bebop, if you need more about Cowboy Bebop, go back to our episode of uh, We Present cowboy bebop that was a phenomenal episode but cowboy bebop is one show where you have so many different in the description it tells you what each person is but they collectively come together they solve mysteries crimes whatever you want to call them bounties together but they all have their own dark past and they all have their own individual stories throughout the 26 27 episode uh, series and you learn about everybody's past their goals aspirations and then you're like what the fuck are they gonna do with all this information we got, but that is one that you must watch. If you have not, I've got Monica to watch it for anime, anime watch swap. She enjoyed it. She finished watching it. The music, the artwork, the tone, the theme, every fucking thing about this show, I think was a precursor for other anime after it. Uh, like outlaw star, um, even for fucking space Danny and everything else. So make sure to go watch this show. Um, those are my top 10 for anime. And that is going to conclude the show. So make sure to go back and watch these anime. If you have any questions, all these anime will be linked in the description. So all you have to do is click on it and it'll take you to where you can watch these series. Remember, support your anime. Go to places like Crunchyroll and Funimation or even Hulu and Netflix to watch and stream anime legally. Because if you do that, that helps us get more of what what we love. Now, we can do a top 10 or a top 5 for specific genres and me and Richard will do that down the road or we might do it for Patreon. We might spend like an hour or two hours, you know, taking your questions on Patreon. Thank you for everybody that's joined on Patreon. If you want to contribute to help us get better equipment to make sure that we cover the cost of producing the show. Cause it's not cheap. We really appreciate all it is is a dollar a month. You go to Patreon, you can follow, but if you hit that Patreon button and sign up for just a dollar a month, 
early access to show notes. If you do $3, $5, you get the show early. You get different videos. I mean, there's at least six different tiers of stuff that you can get. Let's say if you pay for anything at the $50 tier, you get everything from the, the 35 tier, the 30, the 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, 3, and $1 tier. So you're getting an a immense amount of personalized, exclusive content that we're not giving anybody else for your contribution. But a dollar a month really helps us. That's all we need. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Elijah Bailey show. And besides that, you heard it earlier at the beginning of the show. Get your Spider-Man shirt, get your um, anime shirts, get uh, video game shirts, ripped at checkout. Use promo code Elijah Bailey show to get 10% off on anything that you purchase. Now, since Richard's not here, I do have to tell you about the illustrious black and studios. You can find everything about black and studios and even send them emails at podcast at black and studios.com. If you want to support black and studios, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Snapchat at black and studios. Now, when you're at black and make sure to click on that Amazon link. You don't have to spend anything extra. Just purchase what you're going to purchase. But because you used our Amazon link that transported you over, it's going to give us just a kickback saying, hey, we appreciate you referring somebody to us. So here's a little bit to the studio. So that way you can keep producing podcasts. You can keep making upgrades to the studio. And that's what we enjoy. I don't have an Amazon link on my page, but my page that I do use is blackandstudios.com. So go there, hit that Amazon button. Again, don't pay any extra, but it does give us a little bit of a kickback. For everything about the Elijah Bailey Show, you can find us on Facebook, the official Elijah Bailey Show page, or on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Elijah Bailey Show. That's S-H-O. Make sure to follow on Patreon. Make sure to go to Ripped Apparel to support our sponsors. And then always shout out to these fellows. You can click on their links in the description. Shout out to the Black Nerd Squad. Black Nerd Problems Group, The Extraordinary Journey of a Black Nerd Group, OKC Podcast Community, Podcasting Smarter, and My Fancy Sports Talk, where I am a writer of all things entertainment and comics. Make sure to look for my articles on Facebook, on the Elijah Bailey Show page, or just go to MyFancySportsTalk.com. Thank you, guys. I've been Elijah Bailey. I talked to you a little bit about Spider-Man, which is coming out tomorrow, and told you my top 10 anime picks throughout all genre. Now I will break those down. We will do specific genres later on, but that's what you get today. Richard, we missed you. Hope you come back soon. And we have a special guest coming in the studio next week. So be prepared for that. My name's Elijah Bailey. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. Make sure we don't have any, uh, marketing budget here it's just grassroots marketing so tell a friend let them tell a friend share an episode let them share an episode subscribe rate and review on itunes you can hit us up on uh you can hit us up by email at elijah bailey show at gmail.com or just leave it in the review on itunes i'm elijah bailey and i'll catch your ass in the next podcast Okay, folks, this is Elijah 5000 back at the end of the show with everything that you want and you need to know. Let's get right into it. Cosplay podcast of the week. Cosplay of the week comes from the man himself, the living veteran, the living Steve Rogers. But no, does he dress like that? No, he dresses as Dragon Ball Z characters. We're talking about at Henry W. Griffith on Instagram. This man not only saved the country, but he saves our lives. He has been the most badass version of Android 16 I've ever seen. Along with that, he's been Nappa recently. 
but the one that keeps his hands glowing red with a lot of poof poof is Master Roshi. That's right, the man with tattoos up and down his arm and on his legs that's seemingly grabbing for girls' asses is Master Roshi. And the funny thing is, he doesn't ask them for those pictures. They ask him to take those pictures. Please follow this man on Instagram. He was such a pleasure and delighted Akon. He's so cool, so awesome. So give him a follow, but that's Cosplay of the Week. Podcast of the Week is Wolf It Down with Tyler Florence, a food podcast. Tyler Florence is on the hunt for the best stories, recipes, and people in the food world. If you love food as much as I do, this one will have you drooling all day as you listen to it, but it'll give you some great ideas on places to go and things to try. Anime of the month, we had to switch it up. It's one of my favorites because it's a parody anime of all other anime. Gintama. In a world where aliens have invaded Edo period Japan, skyscrapers, trains, motorbikes have replaced the simple life of Earth inhabitants. One man, however, still carries the soul of the samurai, Gintoki Sakata, otherwise known as Yorozuya Jinsan. As reckless as he is, Gintoki carries his own resolve and is ready to take on any challenger with his fellow companion. This one has been one of my favorites. I don't think I saw another anime like this until Blood Lab, but that's not up yet. We're talking about Gintama. So go ahead and watch that. Make sure for anime and manga of the month, go to the description because the links are there to send you straight to these shows along with the top 10 list I gave today. Manga of the month is one that was in my top 10. It was actually number 10. Shokugeki Food Wars No Soma. Shokugeki no Soma centers around Yukihiro Soma, a middle school student who is determined to surpass his father's culinary skills. One day, his father decides to close down their family restaurant and hone his skills in Europe. Before leaving, he enrolled in Soma in elite culinary school that is extremely difficult to enter with a graduation rate of only 10%. Will Soma be able to improve his skills or will the kitchen prove to be too hot? These are the anime and manga of the month and as well as the podcast and cosplay of the week. I'm Elijah 5000. You guys have a great week. Check out Spider-Man and I will catch your ass in the next motherfucking podcast.